0: We are
1: learning daf pei dalid. We're starting from the bottom of pei gimel and base, three lines from the bottom. Me shinoshko kelashota, someone who's bitten by a mad dog. So the question was there used to be a practice in the medicines back in the olden times to feed from the meat from the liver of the dog. And the question was whether that's actually considered a good medicine and something we would do, or do we say, no, it's not really effective and therefore there's no reason to give the guy treif if it's not going to work. So now the Mark gets into this mad dog here. There are five things that were said about a mad dog: pit pasuach, we can tell the mouth is open; biru notev, saliva drips out; ozem its ears are drooping; zenuv the tail rests on its leg; it doesn't walk on the main part of the road; it walks on the side; it barks, but it's very weak. Voice so all of these things show very tremendous sickness this this madness in the dog, and again it 's very bad when it bites a person my, my how does the dog get this sickness but what happens is that the female sorcerers play with it they do their um uh, Sorcery on the dog. It's an evil spirit that's on the dog. What's the difference if it's an evil spirit or if it's sorcery? The difference is to kill the dog with something that you throw. Meaning if it's an evil spirit, you shouldn't kill it with your hands. You should throw something at it because you don't want to get close to the evil spirit. But if it's just sorcery, then there's no... Then, so now according to the shmuel, you don't want to get close. You have to kill it with an arrow. You not to kill it with your hands. But if it's sorcery, um, then there's no concern to get too close to it. So now the Gemara continues. We have a bride that says, So when you go to kill the dog, You should be careful to kill it only with something that is thrown. Someone who was rubbed, uh, rubbed by the dog was endangered. Someone who was bitten by it will surely die. So the briser says, like, to make sure you don't get too close. Again, it seems like there's an evil spirit. There's, a, there's, there's some sort of bad spirit on it. That's why you don't get too close. You should kill it with something that's thrown. And then the Brysa continued that if you're rubbed by the dog, you're in danger. And if you're bitten, you will die. So the Gemara has the cleveland Mistak. And if you're robbed by in danger, How can you fix it? What's the solution if you're robbed by the dog? And you should have money even here he should take off his clothing and run. Says the Gemara, "When a b'yeshua was once robbed by one of these dogs in the street, shalchunu with the money of took off his clothing and he ran." Amar he said about himself, <laughs> This is a film of the pasuk that wisdom gives life to those who have wisdom, and it was because he knew the solution, he knew the bride saw, he was able to save his life when he robbed against this bad dog we said if you bit by, if you 're bitten by the bed by the capsule you die Kante, how can you fix your it? How do you make sure you don 't die from the bite he brings the skin of a male of a, of a, of a male rodent, and he writes on the skin I so and so the name of so and so meaning his mother 's name which is the mother you always use the mother's the you always use the mother 's name when you 're talking about sickness on the skin. uh, Of this of this male of this male uh, rodent, I'm writing to you, Kanti. And what does he write? Kanti Kanti Clerus. He writes that's the this little spell that he writes. Vamila other people say Kandi Kandi Clorus, or not Kanti but Kandi. And then he continues and by writing that, then it's going to be okay, but that's not all. And then he takes off his clothes, he takes off his clothes, he buries them in a cemetery until 12 months have passed. He takes them out and then he burns them in an oven. And then he scatters the ashes from these clothes at a, the fork in a road. For all those twelve months, he him out whenever he drinks water. be careful to drink water with a copper straw. And because if he drinks in the cup, he might see a certain reflection of the of the bad of the bad shade, the bad demon, for the jump from the dog to him and made him sick. And, and the gemara says His mother made him a gold straw, and he got better. So it's a very interesting idea here in the gemara. We see with this. You know this um, this bad dog and all these remedies here in the Gemara. That the one thing that's very important is that you have to be super careful that in your mind you don't see that like bad demon that jumped out from the dog. It's very important you don't conjure, it, you don't think in your mind, you don't imagine it. And there's a very interesting idea with this, and the idea of medicine is that sometimes it seems that modern medicine sometimes works in the opposite. But definitely with these with these spiritual stuff is that you don't. When, in order to get a cure from it, you have to like move to the total opposite. You don't think about it, you can't even have to be so careful, like we're saying, you don't want to see any reflection of yourself. You have to be so careful when you drink from water, you drink from a straw and not drink from the cup because who knows, maybe you'll see a reflection and you see a little bit of the shade in it and it's gonna make you sick. This is the way that at Chazal's time, they dealt with the medicine. It wasn't like, you know, the antibodies that a little bit of the, of the sickness itself will cure you. That's not, just the opposite. In the Gemara's times, it was, their mom was trying to say that we want to make sure we have no reflection, that something in any way, in any shape or form, might associate the patient, With the original disease Continues the Gemara of Odam Ramasna Ramasna also said Ramasna was talking about someone who had the the pain in his throat. So this is a disease called sphindus So just, just for a second before we get into what the next part is. So where Masa was talking about with the Rabunin, whether we feed the liver of the dog to the patient. The Rabunin were not into this because they said it's not effective. So why would you do it? Give him for meat for no reason if it's not gonna be effective. Whereas where Masa was saying it was effective. So that was a dispute. Someone who was bitten by this, by this bad dog if you would give him the liver from, um, from the dog itself. Now, Reb is saying now, oh, he was talking about if there's pain in the throat. He got this disease called Sfinna, which could possibly get into the inner organs as well. So we, we put medicine in his mouth, even on Shabbos, because it's sakhanus kind of Tafashas. So the Gemara continues, Rabbi Yochan once got this disease in the inflammation in his throat. Also, he went to a noble woman, Abdullah Milsa Hamish so she made him something on, on the fifth day and on the sixth day, meaning she gave him the medicine on Thursday and on Friday. She said, he said to her, what am I gonna do for Shabbos? I can't come on Shabbos, I'm busy, but what, what should I do? What should I do for Shabbos? So She says on Shabbos you don't need medicine. See, so he said, he just is mine, but if I do, what should I do? In other words, what if I am sick on Shabbos, Then what should I do? So Amalaih she said, I'll tell you what to do, but you have to first promise that you're not gonna tell anybody what the what, what what the remedy is that I'm telling you. So so after she says to make him to make him promise that he won't, he won't tell anybody. He then swears, he made it, he fulfilled it. He said to the God of, of Klai Yisrael, I'm not going to say. He pro, he promised to the Avishta, but then what did he do? She told it to him and then he went out and he taught it publicly. He told everybody about this remedy that he learned from this noble woman. So it seems like what's going on in the Gemara is that Rabbi Yochum is going against his own word and his own, his own Shvua. Here, this noble woman is telling him the remedy and she's and she's, and she's helping him. She makes him promise and swear that he won't tell anybody, and he goes out and he does it. So the Gemara says, He swore to her. How is he telling people? So the Gemara says it wasn't a real, real Shuwa because he said, Hu, I won't reveal it. So the Pasha Pesha, he was saying, In the name of Akkadish Baruch, Hu, I won't. But the Gemara is saying, What he was saying was, I won't tell Hashem, I'm so but I will tell the people. So he's twisting the words a lot, right? He didn't say, he didn't say in the name of Hashem. He said to Hashem, I won't reveal it, but actually the implication is that he would, in fact, maybe tell it to Klai Yisrael. So it wasn't technically against the laws of Shavuot. So the Gemara says, What about Klai I mean, this woman thought... In her mind, she thought that he had taken a Shavuah. So it's isn't it Chil HaShem for him to violate it, even if it technically isn't against the Shavuah, but it certainly should be Chil HaShem. Because the Gemara answers the model of Meikar. He told her from the beginning that he hadn't really made an oath. In other words, after she told him, he explained to her, by the way, I got you. I didn't really make an oath. So therefore, when he went out and he saw it, she already understood that uh, he had a trick. And evidently, he probably convinced her that it was the right thing so that the public should have knowledge of the remedy and that they would be cured. So now the Gemara is very curious. What was this remedy? for this uh again this inflammation of the throat that we're talking about it was some yeast water olive oil and salt together it was um yeast itself olive oil and salt it was fat from a goose's wink he said i had Abai says i had this inflammation in my throat i tried all these remedies that we've been talking about none of them worked until finally an Arab met me and he said, Isaac, bring pits from olives that do not grow a third. In other words, that the, the olives hadn't yet developed into a third of their size. Bring the pits, to burn them in a fire on top of a new Mara, a new hoe. And then put the ashes onto a row of your teeth. Magically, he was cured based on this advice from the Arab. So now the Gemara wants to know how do we get, how does a person come down with this disease? Of Where do we might have it? How does one get it? It comes from eating very hot wheat bread or from some fried Fish that was left overnight. So these eating some bad foods for you um, Well now can bring get can bring, can bring a person to this inflammation of the throat. What are the symptoms? What happens is you put something on your teeth and blood comes out from your teeth This is the sign that a person has this horrible disease. Continues the Gemara more about Tzvinda. Rabbi Yochanan, when he was suffering from Tzvinda, all the rachim so he did this on the Shabbos, meaning he did many malachas on Shabbos to cure all the things that he needed, and he got better See, In fact, it was effective and he was cured. Says the Gemara. So it sounds like Rabbi Yochanan personally holds that some of these remedies are good to cure. how was he allowed to do malachas after he got Tzvinda on Shabbos? The reason is because it really could be life-threatening. It starts in the mouth, but it could end up in the intestines. So any type of disease which could get into the inner organs could potentially be life-threatening, and that's why he was allowed to do it on Shabbos. But now we have to think about, was he only going on to the Daseh Because again, let's go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah for two things. First, the Mishnah discusses someone who was bitten by this dog, whether or not he's allowed to eat, the, it's meat, the tray of meat of the dog. The doctors are claiming it's a good medicine. So Ramasu was mechul. He said it's an effective cure and therefore you can do it. The Rabbana was saying it's not an effective cure. so should, you shouldn't do it. But then we moved on. Va'od, Ramasana said... In the Mishnah, that someone who got inflammation in the throat, you put medicine even on Shabbos. In other words, that you can be machal Shabbos for it because it's the derisa. So Rabbi Yochanan was doing that. Someone who like, who are you going? Like Rabbi are only going like the minority view of Sam Someone has the pain in his mouth, inflammation in his throat. You put the medicine in his mouth on Shabbos. What about the Rabbanan? Meaning, we, the Gemara is assuming that the, the same way there was a dispute on the first statement of Masman Chars, there was a dispute about the about the dog. There's a dispute about the second statement as well whether we put medicine in the person who has inflammation in his throat. So What's going on? If that's a minority view, then why would you follow? Why would Rabbi Yochanan follow that and do it on Shabbos? The Gemara said Rabbi Yochanan said, "I do follow the majority. I say the Chachamim agree with Rambam from Harish in this thing. They only disagreed about the dog issue. They didn't disagree with this issue of the inflammation of the throat. Certainly, it is really life-threatening, and you could be Machal Shabbos. So the Gemara now tries to bring a raya. So Rabbi Yochanan said that the Rabbonim agree." that this, this, this disease with the throat is worthy of being Machal Shabbos. Let's try to bring approved because it says in the price of Mishosu on someone who got jaundice, which when you get the, the problem of discoloration of the skin, it's very dangerous, and you could give him donkey meat, even though it's not kosher. Mishosu gets a bad dog bite. You feed him from the liver of the dog. Someone who has the pain in his throat, we put the medicine on Shabbos. All this is the words of Masman Karsh. So Rabbi Yochman Karsh said the three things that you give: the donkey meat for the person with the jaundice, you give him for the mad dog, you give him for the liver, and in the case with the with the pain in the throat, you give him the medicine on Shabbos. All these things do not. Have medicinal value. So the Chacham point out with these there's no medicinal value. So it sounds like they're not arguing on all of them. But when they said these have no medicinal value, mustn't come in to exclude some of them. Meaning it sounds like they're saying two out of the three we, we disagree. One of the three we agree. Two out of the three we disagree. My love sound they meant to include the medicine for the person with the pain in the throat, meaning only the first two things have no value, according to Rabbanim, with the with the jaundice and the and the, the the bite from the mad dog. But the third thing with the inflammation of the throat, there the Chachamim do agree that the Samonim are effective. It is life-threatening. So it's approved to Rabbi Yochanan. So the Mar says, Lo, it's not necessarily proof." They just meant to exclude other types of remedies, like letting blood to, to heal other types of diseases. Um, so So because of that, in other words, other types of problems that can come up. Something that wasn't even mentioned in the B'risa. Maybe Ma'asam and Karash was Matar even in that, and a different B'risa, and the Rabbanon are saying we don't agree with any of the things you mentioned here, but there's something you mentioned in a different B'risa which we agree to. But it could be all the things that were mentioned here that Chachamim actually do disagree with, so we don't have a proof to Rabbi Yochanan to assume that the Rabbanon agree that this inflammation in the throat is something that's worthy of being Mechal shabbos continues the Gemara. The Gemara is trying to, again, Try to prove that the Chachamim agree with Ramasa about the letting blood. What we just spoke about. The it says in another There are three things. The son of Rabbi Yossi said three things, in the name he heard from R. Masmanuchash. By kissing the and you can let blood for this disease called. So roughly on Shabis. Someone has been by the maddown, the you feed him from the liver. You put the medicine on Shabbos. Those are the three things here in the name of Asamanakarj. That they're of these things. With these, there's no there's no medicinal value. What does it mean that they're coming to exclude? It sounds like they're only arguing on some and at all. My they're referring to the last two and they exclude the first two, meaning the last two putting the medicine. About in the mouth that has no medicinal value and the the mad dog has no medicinal value but they would agree with letting blood for the for the, for, the, for that disease um, of this knee that does have medicinal value so the gemara is trying to prove that really the chachamim do not like rabbi Yochan, the gemara is trying to prove that they disagree about about the medicine for the for the inflammation in the throat and what they what they agree upon is only the question about letting blood for the Shrochmi. So the Gemara says, it's not a proof, lo, maybe they meant that they referred to the first two and to exclude the last one, meaning the first two for the dog bite and for also the letting blood, those are the ones that they disagree with, but the last one for the medicine with the person in the pain in the mouth, that's one that they do agree to. And it's like Rabbi Yochanan, that if someone had the pain in the mouth on Shabbos, he can assume he's in them. He's going like the Rebunner as well to try to cure it. So again, we're trying to prove we're trying to prove whether or not the Chacham HaMegreuth or Ma'ase Ben-Kharis for the medicine in the pain in the mouth. Tal let's bring a proof to the honey, Rabbi Hashemul. Rabbi Hashemul said in the Bridesma, Bar a pregnant woman smells food or drink on Yom Kippur. She has a deep craving for it. Again, it could be life threatening if she doesn't eat. We feed her until she until it goes away. If someone has been by a mad dog, we feed him from its liver. If someone who has pain in his mouth, we can put medicine in his mouth for him these are the words we agree with this ruling but not the other so it sounds like they agree to one and not the other what do they mean we agree with this you say about the case of the pregnant woman of course they agree would anybody say and no, we don't feed her in other words overall everybody agrees that we feed her that was never up for debate the Mishnah back a pay base, which spoke about feeding the uh, feeding the pregnant woman. Everybody agreed to that. That wasn't up for debate. So that's not a khiddish. What does it mean the Chachamim are saying that we agree to one and we don't agree to with the other? It's about the medicine for the pain in the mouth. Shema Aminan, the Gemara says, we conclude that the Chachamim only disagree with Ramasa about the bite from the dog, but they and that's where they say the medicine is no good, but they actually do agree that the inflammation in the throat, that the medicine there is effective. It can be done on Shabbos. And that's where Rabbi Yochanan did it. And the Gemara adds, Rav HaShem like that. It says, In the first thing with the mad dog, there was a dispute. But then it just says, where says, and also he said that if someone with pain in the mouth, you put the medicine in. Eid. There was no dissenting view for the plea of Rabbanu Allah, there was no machlokah, for the plea of Rabbanu Allah, if the Rabbanu really disagree, the rabbi of the listening the rabbi of Rabbanu the Rab Mishnah should have combined the two rulings of Yom and and said that on both the Chachamen disagree. Why didn't it do that? Shmami no. we see from there that the Chachamen actually don't disagree with the inflammation in the throat. The Chachamen do agree that it is life-threatening, that there is medicinal value, and it could be done on Shabbos. So after all this is said and done, what's happened in the Mishnah is that we had a dispute between Rab and Rabbanu, about the mad dog, that got a bite and the question is, if there's a cure to to take from the liver, Ramaso said yes, the Chacham said no. Then we had another statement from Reh in the Mishnah about someone who got this disease inflammation in the throat where he says, you're Mechal Shabbos and to try to save the person and the Chacham didn't disagree. And the question is, do they disagree or do they not? We're coming out, Rabbi Yochanan held, they did not disagree and that's why when Halakha Rabbi Yochanan was suffering with this on Shabbos, Rabbi Yochanan did use it and he was assuming that the Chachamim agreed that it's allowed to be done. Okay, hey, the Gemara continues with suffolk nefashos. Who We said that the reason why we could put the medicine in the mouth of this person who has inflammation is because of the fact that it's i Nafashos. Even when there's only a suffolk we're allowed to to be machal Shabbos to try to save the person. So the Gemara says, Why does the mission have to reiterate and any kind of nefashos, Nafashos were able to do it? Obviously, we know that because the Mishnah said that we treat the patient. That's a Suffolk Nefashos. We don't know for sure he's going to die. It's a Suffolk. It might spread to the internal organs. And still we're saying we're Docha Shabbos. So the Mishnah doesn't have to come along and make it like a whole rule, the whole Suffolk Nefashos, um, that your Docha Shabbos, that self-understood in the 't that the Mishnah said. So why does the Mishnah have to say it again? So the Gemara answers, is coming to tell us a new novelty. Um, we're not only talking about a Suffolk that he, when he might die on that particular Shabbos even when there's a possibility he's going to die on another Shabbos. Meaning somebody could say that maybe we're only Mechal Shabbos for somebody who's sick on Shabbos if there's a possibility he's going to die now on Shabbos. But if there's no possibility he's going to die today, just he might eventually get into danger later, then we wouldn't have known that we're Mechal Shabbos. And the Gemara now illustrates how that is. So in other words, to say that, no, we still are Docha Shabbos, the Mishnah added, anytime you have a Suffolk, we're Docha Shabbos, meaning even if the, in the case of Suffolk, it's not that he might die today, but that he might die in the future. As what kind of case are we talking about? The, the doctors say that the patient needs a treatment for eight days and the first day is a Shabbos. So if you're going to start today, then you're going to end up being machal two Shabbos. So you might say, maybe it's smarter to wait until after Shabbos, until Sunday to start the treatment. So we don't have to be machal two Shabbos for it. That would be better. So even though the Torah is mater, the Chol of Shabbos, to save life, you may have said that, that, that maybe you're only allowed to do that for one Shabbos, not for two. So if you know, there's possibility he's going to die on that first Shabbos, there's, of course we would treat him immediately. We know that. But we're talking about that we know he's going to be alive for sure until the conclusion of Shabbos. So it's only the future. And maybe I then should make a cheshman to say I should delay the treatment in order not to be machal more than one Shabbos. So it's an interesting point that the Gemara is bringing up here. It's like the delaying of something to get out of being machal to Shabbat. So someone who may have thought that you should make such a, such a chedgment since it's only a suffolk. And Lamai's, what we're saying is that that's not true, that you should begin actually the treatments immediately. The Gemara says We're going to bring a bris, which supports this idea that your mechal Shabbos, even when there's not a possibility might die in this Shabbos, but in the future, Tanya It says we heat up water for a sick person, very sick person on the Shabbos, bein lashkos bein Whether it's to give him drink or to give him brio, to give him strength, to, like, to give him a bath with hot water. Below they didn't only say this when you're in Mechal of the Shabbos. Even for possibility, he might die in another Shabbos. And that's the reason why we brought this bride, so it supports what we said. We don't say, you know what, why, do we, why should we do the treatment on Shabbos? Let's wait till after Shabbos. Maybe he'll get better by himself. Rather, we don't say that. We heat up the water immediately. What's the reason that we're so lenient in nature? Suffering the Fashos, of Shabbos. Any potential danger? Suffering the Fashos overrides Shabbos. Well Shabbos, Suffolk, Shabbos do... And this rule is not only true when the possibility might die this Shabbos, but even when there's a possibility you might die on another Shabbos. Another halacha, we don't look for Gayim to do the malacha. We use regular Gedolim male adults who are Jews, we use them. What's the shot? So, one idea is because if you start looking for them, who knows, the patient might deteriorate and this and that. So what Chazal said, better not to even look for gayim, um, potentially. However, all this, some other Bishanim say that, that the halacha that you don't use gayim is specific only in a case where it would take longer. But in Rehanami, if it wouldn't take longer and you have both options in front of you, then you should use gayim. So that's a machlokas. We don't say that it should be done by, by what women are assessing or kusim assess, meaning it seems like we're talking about here back to the doctor issue, which we touched on before, that there are times when we, when we call in medical expertise, the patient might say he doesn't need other people and we we're trying to say are there are enough opinions that say that he does need in order to uh, to allow us to be Machal Shabbat so we're saying that we don't use the opinion necessarily on uh on and, and what women say or what kusim say, they can combine with other opinions, meaning if there's already a dispute between the doctors, then the women can combine and the kusim can combine to create a suffix. So it sounds like here that you need to have at least a 50-50 suffix. So if let's say you had, you know, uh, three doctors saying he doesn't need to eat and, and two doctors saying he needs to eat, so we need one more doctor that says he needs to eat in order for us to be lenient. So then you could, in that scenario, use a woman. This is where way Rashi learns the Gemara Rashi's mashma here that you do need a majority, uh, that you need at least half other uh, people, the path of the number saying that, you, that, that, that he needs to eat in order to be mechav Shabbos. That's a little bit of a Shvera Rashi because we did learn before, seemingly, that uh, once there are two doctors saying he needs to eat, we don't need uh, it to be equal. But anyway, that's where Rashi's learning. So we don't trust the women themselves, but they could be mistyred with other doctors to create a 50-50 Suffolk. Continues the Gemara Tanr'a on mefach and nevesh per Shabbos that we, we get very busy with things that are dangerous to life on Shabbos, even for a hill of Hazar is someone who's quick to do it. I raise him a shubach. That's the praiseworthy thing. Don't ask, just do. You don't come and ask, get, get, get permission. We see the person sees a child fell in the sea. You don't go ask. You just get a net and you bring him off. The Hazar is the one who does it quick. He's praiseworthy. He doesn't go have to go ask any permission from the court. And the Gemara adds, this is true, even if he's going to end up trapping fish together with the kid. Since he's. He's doing a maesa pikuach That's mutter, even though he ends, up tra- he ends up trapping fish. So besides for the fact that he's saving the chid's life, he also has the interest in, this, in these fish. And we still say that's permitted. Now, the question is whether we're saying that it's like mutter for him, like Mama Shpadavka to intend to do that, meaning he's allowed to do it. He's not doing any extra maesa. He's just putting out the trap. But the question is, can he actually intend to trap fish as well? Or is it just saying that it, even, if tri- even if fish did end up getting trapped, it's still okay? Like, what's the point here? So that seems to be a dispute in the Rishonim. Let's say he saw a child fall in the pit, Oker choyo maleu. he can take away a choya part of the rim to like make a step so that, so that to bring the kid up. Hazar is someone who does it quickly. He's Machal Chavez by this doing this bone in this pit, that's better. But in Sark, be based on he shouldn't be asking. And this is Misakin Dark, even though he makes a step and he's going to plan on using it after Shabbos, right? So it's like he's, he's improving it, but we still say, you know what? You just act, you do, don't think about it. A third case, Rosh Hanukkah, a person saw that a door locked in front of a child. So now the child is locked in the room. He breaks the door down, he takes the child out. Bazar is someone who's quick to break the door. is praiseworthy. And again, there's no need to ask the court. And what's the Chiddush in this one? In this case, you want to break the door into pieces. In other words, he needs the boards for something else. So he wants to use the material. So it's actually kind of good for him. It's benefiting him. The destruction of the door, then now he has the pieces to use. So it's still permitted to do that. Continues the Bryce, you can, you, can, you can be machabe, which means to put out a fire. You could be mafsik, you could block off a fire, a fire. To save life, it's okay. You're allowed to do that. Hazar is someone who's quick to do it. It is considered praise. Again, you don't have to ask, get permission. Even though you're flattening out the coals in order to cook them later. So in other words, kiboy, that's the main malach of kiboy, is that when you you extinguish something, what you do is you get charcoal to benefit him. So what he's doing is he's flattening out the coals so you can be able to use them well to cook after Shabbos. Such a thing is still permitted. So now we go through, why did the brides have to say all of these cases? So tzricho was necessary for all these cases. Diyashmin and Yam if it had just told us about the case where the kid fell into the sea, because the child could go in the meantime. So there we say... You know, in any second he can drown. Therefore, then you go right away. Avobard in the case where he's in the pit, he's sitting in one spot. He's not going to move. So what? Maybe you should go get permission first. Ema Lo, I would have said that, that, that it's not mutter uh, to be Mechal Shabbos without asking. Tzrichos, so therefore, it was necessary to say that you could be Mechal Shabbos even in that case. V'yashminun Bar, if we had taught the case specifically by the bar, in that case, the kid is very scared, but where the kid is just locked in a room, After maybe you could just be sitting, uh, you could just sit on the other side of the door and play with the nuts. In other words, you can kind of like play a game with him um, and, 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 and calm him down from the other side of the door. So therefore, it was necessary for the bride to tell us that you could be Michael Chavez even when the kid is locked in the, in the, in the room without asking any permission, you just do it immediately. What well, about the last case, that we, we can put out a fire or block the fire from moving on Java's lumali. What's the Even if it's not in this Khadr yet, it's, and just, it seems like a little bit premature to start protecting this Khadr when, when the fire is not even in this Khadr at all. And still, we're saying that that's permitted because of the possibility that the fire might end up spreading here. Okay, continues the Gemara. A very fundamental halacha from Shmuel. We don't go after rov when it comes to saving a life. So normally, it's halacha in the Torah, halacha you go after rov. You go, so the famous, like, you know, famous halacha, if uh, you find a piece of meat in the street and you don't know what kind of store it came from, and there are nine kosher stores, and one non kosher store, so you assume it can, that it came from the kosher store because they're a majority, and you can eat the piece of meat. Acharabah mahatas. Now, it's just mentioned by way of introduction that that's all specific when the, when the suffolk, the thing in question, was separated from its place of kvias separated from its place of where it's like its home, where it's established to be. So for, in that case, like for example, you find a piece of meat in the street and you're not sure which one, which store became separated from, so therefore you're going to go after Rove. But let's say a person went uh, to a store and he bought a piece of meat and he just doesn't remember which store he bought it from. He just, it's in his mind, but he can't remember if it was the trade store or the non-trade store. All the stores are there. There clearly, everybody knows which ones are the treif ones and not the treif ones. He, now a person went to the store and he just can't remember which store did he get the meat from. So that case is different. Because in that case, the suffix is really nolat in the, in the place where the things are established. The things are very clearly established in their place. It's mamakam kviis. And we just have a suffix, which store was I in when I bought it. So that's called a suffix that's kavua, it's established in its place. And the halakha is that you don't go after rov in the case when the suffix is kavua. When the suffix is nolat, it's, it's, it's born, literally, in a situation. Where the things are bimkoman, established in their place, then you don't go after rove. So if the piece of meat is found in the street, so it's parish from the rove, and the suffolk is which one it came from, you go after rove. But if there was all the stores are clearly defined, and I was bought, no, I bought from one store, I just can't remember which store I bought from. So then in that case, you actually don't go after rove. So those are part of the basic idea. So rove is a halacha that we apply to kolat Kula. Comes along Shmuel here in the Gemara, and he says no, the whole rove. You don't go after rove when it comes to saving a life. Saving life is so important that even if the majority says that there's no reason to assume that, that, that the person is someone you should save, you don't acknowledge the role. You say, yeah, but there's a possibility. Maybe it's a minority, but there's, there's some possibility that I need to save, and therefore you do it. So the Gemara analyzes what the case is that he's referring to. So remember, we only save Jewish lives on Shabbos. We do not, refer, we do not save non-Jewish lives. So what's the case? Let's say there were nine Jews in a group, and one Kusi was together. So there's a group of ten people. Nine Jews and one kusi, and a building now is collapsing. We don't, and it falls on one of them. We don't know which one it fell on. So in that case, the question is, should we go save the person? We don't know who it is. Should we we go Save him, be by digging on Shabbos to go save a person. Well, that's obviously not a chiddush. Of course, he would. Ruba Yisraelin. In that case, most of the people are Jews, so of course you're going to do it. It's fifty. It's it's it, it, it's a majority are Jews. Of course, you're going to assume it's a Jew. Of course, you would save him. Inami Even if it was let's say fifth, five and five, five Jews and five kusim. Of course, he would still go save the person that the rubble fell on if you don't know who he is because suffik the It's a nice equal suffix. so it's the slahakal. So of course he would rule leniently. In other words, you would try uh, to, to go save him. The case has to be the opposite. There were nine kusim and only one Jew. So if you would go after Rove, then what would you say? Hey, it's probably a non-Jew. And therefore, why would you bother even trying to save him? It's Chol Shavetz. Comes along Shmuel, and Shmuel says, no. You don't follow the rule of Rove when it comes to saving a life on Shavetz. And therefore, even though there are nine kusim, but since there's one Jew, then you would save says the Gemara, it's not a Kiddush. Why? The people are in their place. They're all in their place. This is the, let's say the joint courtyard that all these people share this is their home. So if they're all there, so you don't have a case of going after Rove. Rove, you don't say when the people are Kavua, just like the case where we were talking about with the piece of meat. It's only when one piece of meat goes out of the store. It's Nimsa in the street and we don't know which one it went out of, there we say we follow the majority. But in a case where it's Kavua and you bought from the store and you don't remember which store you bought from, you don't go after Rove. So so too here. All the people are in their own Khatter and we don't know uh, even if there's a majority of Kusim there, but we don't know we don't know who, which was the person that the, 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 the ruins collapsed on. So we would assume, we, we, don't, we don't assume that you go after rov. That's kavua, koma, kavua, in general, in the tarik, so in other words, we don't need Shmuel's z'chidosh. Shmuel's is, even if there is a case of rov, where you should follow rov, you don't follow rov, specifically by bikuach nefesh. It's an exception to the rule because it's bikuach nefesh. What the Gemara is saying is that this is not an exception to the rule. If the case is that the, the ruin collapsed on, on the group of 10 people, nine kusim and one Yisrael, and they're all in their chatzor, so that's a case that they're really... You Can't follow her off anyway because it's kavua. So, what is shmuel's chedish? So, the Gemara explains so the nine people in the ku and the kuzi they left their, their home, they, their established place, they left their courtyard, they went to another courtyard. And when they're not, when they're out of their home, when they're in this second courtyard, that's where the building collapses. So, in that case, it's not kavua, and because they're not in their home courtyard, and now the building collapses on them, on one of them, and you're not sure which one it collapsed on. So, if you want to know who it collapsed on, call the parsh, you should assume. Whoever separates, we separate separates from the majority. So we should assume the group is not in its place. And at the time, the building collapses. So we should assume you go buster rove. And going after rove would tell us that it probably fell on a kusi. And therefore, you shouldn't be mechal shabbat shalom. And that's why Shemuel was telling us, the rove is a new chiddish. You don't go after a rove. And therefore, you would save the person from the rubble, even though nine out of ten chances here is that he is a non-Jew. Okay, so now we explain the Shmuel's case. The case was, there were 10, a group of 10 people from one chatzor, they all went to another chatzor, they're not either out of their place, they're not kavua uh, b'mkoman, a ruined building collapses onto one, one person, we don't know who, who the person is that it collapsed on, and Shmuel is teaching us that in that case... Um, you would still go save the person. So the Gemara says, Is it true? Shmuel Salacha true. Ini, v'ha, Omar Abhi Asi, Omar Abhi Yochan, Omar Abhi Asi says, If there were nine kusim and one Jew, that were together in a courtyard, and then the building collapses. If it was in the same, in the courtyard where they are, meaning in their home, you do clear the, the rubble. Why? Because it's you don't have rove, it's kavua, they're in their own chazir. But if it collapses in another courtyard where they're parish, in Vahachan, you don't clear the rubble. So what's the idea? We see Bamish again, Shemuel. It's exactly the same case Shemuel was talking about. You have people. People who all leave the chutz that they're in and they go to another chutz, and we're saying that when they go to the other chutz in their parish, so now I have a rov saying that it was a kusi. So Shmuel said, you don't go after rov, but You should still save the person even though it's only a one in ten chance that he's a Jew. And now we get another statement here from of Yochanan that actually the opposite is true. That if it's b'chutz achares where they're where they are where they're, where they're where they're not kavua and you have a parish, so actually the halacha is. You would go after Rove and you would not save the life. So which is it? Do you go after Rove, for Biko or do you not? So the Gemara answer is Lokash. It's not a question. Hal Deparish Shmuel was talking about a case where they all left the courtyard. So meaning the entire group left and all ten of them were present in the second chater. So you know for sure that a Jew was there. Now again, you don't know that the building collapsed on the Jew, but you know that there was a Jewish presence for sure, a Jew was present in the in the second courtyard. So then we could say that you don't go by Biko after the rove. But how depart desire was talking about where only some of them left the courtyard. Only some of the people left the first group and entered into the second one. So since we don't know Bechlal, we don't have any establishment that there ever was a Jew in the second courtyard to begin with, there Shemuel would agree that you would go after Rove by Pikuach Nefesh and you would assume that there's no Jew there, The Jew is not the person who collapsed on and therefore you wouldn't save his life. So we're saying that there's a caveat, even though we're saying you don't use Rove to go after Pikuach Nefesh and we're saying that it means in this case where there were nine nine kusim and one Jew, you would still save the Jew if they're in another Khazar, but we're saying specifically that that's only when you know for sure that there was a Yid in the chatzar. If you know for sure there was a Yid in the chatzar, so it's established that his presence is there, it's an establishment, there's a chatzaka, that there at least is a Jewish presence, so if you don't know who it fell on, then you would save a life. Or Azra Yochanan was talking about a case where they never, it was never established that there was a Jew there, and therefore you wouldn't save the life, um, but since both of them are kusim.